It's a great pleasure to be with you all here today. My name is Eric. Uh, I serve as the Associate for Formation here, and um, I am blessed to be with my colleague, Rich Towers, who's the chaplain for ESD, the lower school, and also one of our priest associates here at St. Michael. I want to share with you all, uh, starting with a story. Uh, when I was in college, I met a man who became uh, sort of a surprise mentor to me. This man's name was Bob Green. He was a priest, an Episcopal priest. And over the years, I got to know Bob, and I got to know about his ministry in the church. He was a missionary uh, to some Native people in Alaska. He served churches in Texas. Liberty, you all heard of Liberty? He was there for a long time. Uh, Arizona and some other places. When I began to discern my own call to ordain ministry, um, Bob gave me a gift, and I have brought some of them here today. He gave me a gift of some of his stoles, and I take these around with me, and, and uh, today I thought we'd, we'd kind of look at them a little bit. Um, this one, when I was ordained um, in this stole, people made fun of me because it was too short. They were all Yale graduates. We'll leave it at that. But it's a beautiful stole, and you know, red is we wear for ordinations and for Pentecost and for Holy Week. Um, and this uh, has the Good Shepherd little symbol on it. Um, and when I put it on, I feel like I'm putting on Bob's ministry. You know, he was a priest for. 50, 60 years. He graduated in 1947 from Virginia Seminary. So it was a long time ago. And when I went to Virginia Seminary, I thought about Bob a lot because he lived in one of the buildings that's still there. And we've got some pictures of it around. And he gave me these other, other stoles. And occasionally you'll see me wear these if you come on a, on, a, on a Tuesday morning or something. And so we wear red then and green is what now? Ordinary time. Purple's four. Lent. Starts Wednesday, don't forget. <laughs> and then this gray one, who knows what the gray stole's for? Anybody? Any guesses? Because I'd like to know. I have no idea. <laughs> um, you can tell me later. Yeah. Uh, so Bob gave those to me, and, and I carry them with me, and I use them. And when I put on that stole of Bob's, I think of him, and I give thanks for his life and his ministry and for the mentorship that he had for me. Today, we're blessed with these really incredible lessons. First, from 2 Kings, the story of these two incredible prophets, Elijah and Elisha. And Elisha, the, the mentee of Elijah, is sort of following him around in the last sort of round of his life before he's taken up to heaven in that, in that famous story. I want to encourage you all, if you don't know a lot about Elisha and Elijah, you should, because their ministries parallel each other, and they're going to come up again in the New Testament in a particular way, which we'll talk about in just a second. But Elijah has kind of finished his ministry, and he's on this tour, and God's going to take him up into heaven. Does anybody know the only other person in the Bible that happens to? Anybody? One other person happens in Genesis chapter 5. Enoch, right? So there's two people that were taken up into heaven in the, in the Bible, Elijah and Enoch. And so they're available to come back. We see Elijah come back today. We also hear about Moses. But what happens in this scene from 2 Kings is really remarkable. And that is that Elisha asks his mentor, Elijah, to inherit a double portion of his spirit. He says, yeah, if you see me taken up into heaven, it's yours. So what happens is when they cross the River Jordan, just like Joshua led the people with Moses' staff, right? Remember Moses used the staff to part the Red Sea? Joshua uses the same staff to part the Jordan River, and all the people, tribes of Israel, come into the promised land. Elijah 
takes his mantle, he rolls it up, and he strikes the Jordan River, and it parts. And then he's taken up into heaven. And we don't get this part of the story, but the first thing Elisha does is he picks up that mantle, that double portion of his, his master's spirit, the prophet that's come before him, and he walks back to the Jordan River. He does the same thing. He rolls up the mantle, he hits the Jordan River, and it parts, and he crosses. And then Elisha proceeds to do the same kind of miracles and teaching and prophetic utterances and things that his mentor Elijah had done. He heals the sick. He raises the dead. He feeds those who are hungry. Now, all that's important because way back with Moses, who we see in the story of the Transfiguration today, God promised that in every generation there would be a prophet like Moses. Joshua takes over for him in the period of the judges. We've got a bunch of prophets. Today we hear about Elijah and Elisha and on and on and on. Now, fast forward to John the Baptist. You remember John the Baptist? We heard about in Advent, his ministry, baptizing people in where? In the Jordan River. And as he's doing that, people ask him, who are you? Are you Elijah? And John says, no. Are you a prophet? Yeah, and more than a prophet. I'm the voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Isaiah, one of the other prophets. This tradition gets passed down over and over again. And remember, Jesus comes to be baptized by John. When Jesus begins his ministry, he asks his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they say, well, some say that you're Elijah. There it is again. We need to know who Elijah is so we can understand Jesus. Some say you're a prophet. And then Jesus says to Peter, but who do you say that I am? You're the Messiah, the Christ, right? And that's what we hear God say about him on the mountain of transfiguration. In that wonderful and powerful scene, today we hear this every year on this last Sunday before we enter into Lent, we hear about our Lord being transfigured, transformed. He's more than a prophet, right? He's God's son. And although this hierarchy and this litany of prophets been taken from Moses to Joshua to Elijah to Elijah to John the Baptist, with Jesus, something different happens. And it's not anymore that one person can inherit the mantle of the ministry. But what does Jesus say at the end? Go into the whole world, all of you who are my followers. Teach, baptize, right? Make disciples of all nations. See, those of us who have been through the waters of baptism, through the Jordan River, metaphorically, have received the mantle of Christ. Now, the title of the sermon is Picking Up the Mantle. Because Elijah, when he is taken up in heaven, his mantle is left on the ground, and Elisha is left with a choice. He asks for a double portion of the Spirit, so it's pretty clear what he's going to do. He picks up that mantle and he puts it on. But I think you and I have the same choice. Jesus has empowered each of us, not one person to be a prophet, but each of us who's been through the waters of baptism to pick up the mantle of Jesus and to go into the world and to continue his ministry of healing of teaching, of comforting, of feeding, and on and on. You all have heard it said, Christ has no hands or feet but ours, right? He doesn't. He's not here physically. We are here. We are Christ's hands and feet in the world today. We were at a conference, some of us, a few weeks ago, and I, and I heard a saying uttered, I thought it was a little cheesy, but I think it, it relates. And it may be a little bit of a challenge, but I want you all to think about this. Christ has no Twitter feed <laughs> or Facebook page 
other than yours, right? Christ has no driver in a car other than you. Oh, <laughs> I better be careful. We represent Christ to the world. If we are able and willing to pick up his mantle and put it on and we have it through our baptism, then we are not only Christ's hands and feet in the world, but Christ's digital presence, Christ's drivers on the road. Perhaps that might affect how we think and act and how we encounter one another. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you so much for the gift, the stories we hear of your prophets, for their ministry, for their teaching, for the mantle that's been passed down from generation to generation. We thank you, Lord, that through Jesus, each and every one of us through the baptism uh, that we've received can share in that mantle and that work. Lord, empower us to be Christ's hands and feet and digital presence and everything else in this world so desperately needs to know and hear and receive your love and grace. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do through us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.